Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Murder Theater Podcast, where we talk about all things wrestling. My name is Rafe. My name is Tammy. Whoa. <laughs> I'm here to party. All right. <laughs> Let's get right into it. We are, what, two weeks out of the fallout of the big media scrum, right? Two I'm already fucking big- dying, you guys. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Whew. Yes, it's been, has it been two weeks already? At least, at least. It feels like a freaking lifetime, man. It's been a tornado of chaos. It has been a tornado of chaos. So my big question is, and I think this is actually your question, Chris. And I'm going to add to it. Does AEW need the elite? And does AEW need CM Punk? Tammy, go. I got to give you a pro tip here, though, first. A pro tip. You say your big question is. Don't go, oh, it's really Chris's question. Just go with it, man. We won't question, okay? Just next time, go with it. Embrace it as your question. And don't say anything else after, okay? Pro Starting already, aren't we? Yes. Yep. This is the shit okay. I live with. Hey, it's going to help you. All Embrace right. your moment. Well, will you answer the question? <laughs> okay. What'd you think about that, Tammy? <laughs> so what was the question? <laughs> 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 The question was, does AEW need the elite or CM Punk to either survive or better still thrive and, and still be successful? Um, I think it's too early to know the answer to that question. However, I feel like the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, especially the Young Bucks, are the soul of AEW and started it from the beginning. So you're going to lose a little piece of your soul if you continue on and can try and try to do well. So I think that it depends that the moves would have to be so carefully crafted and the choices from this moment on. And there's a lot of great people that they could create into stars and, and storylines that could, could be, they could easily overcome and but I don't know if they have it. I don't know if they have that soul and that piece of the soul that was started in the spirit of AEW was the Bucks, you know, like, so I just don't, I don't think it's right, but I think it is possible that they could be successful, but something's always going to be a little bit off just because that kind of energy going on. What about punk? Can they survive without CM punk? Uh, Absolutely. They can. I mean, honestly, I was, I'm a late comer to wrestling. We all know, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about here. Most of the time as, no, you can't say that shit anymore. You've been watching wrestling for a long time now. You're not a new fan anymore. You have a good point on that, and I thought about that. And when I was reviewing the um, the reel of all of our uh, real or fake moves, I realized <laughs> that I would still have the exact same kind of track record now. So I'm not sure. You know, I think I know more, but I don't know as much as I think. But the thing is, as far as I wasn't around coming up with the CM Punk time where everybody was like, 
loved him. So when he came on, I was new to it and I didn't really know him from the next person. I have a very fresh perspective here as far as like, I don't have these attachments to all these beloved wrestlers from the past. So honestly, all his endless monologuing for like six months drove me crazy. <laughs> so that's why, that's why uh... I'm it drove me crazy. And then there was a couple moments that I thought were really cool. Um, but his wrestling never was there for me for any of it. But I thought as we moved on, I loved his promos and his monologues because I felt they were strong. And I, I liked that after we all stopped having the cry fest over him and we were like actually kind of settling down. I started to like him, but he was definitely nothing carrying a show. I was never going, ooh, I can't wait to see what Punk's doing. So I think it can absolutely doesn't need him at all. Not at all. So that's up to how they all, whatever they do, I'm okay with that either way. But the Bucks is a different story. They're part of the soul of building what is AEW. Tammy's with the Bucks. So here's what also you have to keep in mind. The reason that Tony got some good ratings is because of CM Punk. So, and his ratings actually improved for the network when CM Punk came in. Quite a bit. Quite now, a bit. I, I I think that's that's kind of gray area because there was a lot of stuff happening when Punk came in. A lot of other people came in too. That's true. it. Wasn't just him. However, his segments are usually really well rated. Correct. So, can they survive without CM Punk? Well, they're gonna have to because I really don't see him coming right. back. And I'll give you my reasons for that after Tammy's fingered comes up and she answers her question so go ahead well, i feel like i have to admit something that I, i'm with my bias on this i need i need to um tell you that i i, I read the bucks uh, um, biography autobiography so i'm a little biased because of that so i just wanted to let you know that that was clouding my judgment okay continue that's fine so my and i've been saying this for a long time and i don't know if it's true uh, it's just an observation of what I've seen from CM Punk. Um, I think that, you know, and Tammy can be witness to this. I, I, I think that when he first got in, right, he was all ready to go. I think he was really, really ready to go. He was like, I'm ready to wrestle. This is great. And then he realized how much time had gone by. And now I'm past 40. All right. And Punk is 44, 43, 44 right now. I know how it feels to get thrown around and take a beating like that and then try to recover. Not well, not me personally, but I know as a older man, that, I was say, what have you been doing, man? Well, not, he's nothing, married to me. I am married to her. So that's different, but I know that it takes longer for your body to recover when you hit a certain age. And so him taking what, did he take like 15 power bombs from Wardlow that one time? I mean, like at a ridiculous amount where he was just getting slammed. I think he realized, Hey, this, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to sustain doing this. And then I think that once his foot got broken, he was like, um, this really isn't worth this anymore. What can I do to get out of this contract? Now that could all be bullshit, but that's just what I have in my head of like, he doesn't really want to wrestle anymore, but he does like the spotlight, but I don't think he really likes to wrestle anymore. So now, I mean, that makes sense. 
so can can the can they survive without the elite or without uh punk of well of course i mean it'll come around they'll find another person that can come in there and take that place or you know they'll get the homegrown people. Are they going to be missed? I don't think it's going to be the same without the Bucks or Kenny Omega, to be perfectly honest with you. Without CM Punk, I don't know. I'm not, like I said, I'm kind of like Tammy. I'm not that attached to him. I'm more into Kenny Omega and the Bucks than I am into CM Punk just because of their style of wrestling is more appealing to me. So you listen they... to the biography too, too. And I did listen to the biography too. And I just, I like the Bucks and I just like their style. And plus the Bucks are younger. So it's, you know, they have, they've got more years ahead of them. So I don't know. What, you, what do you think, Chris? Here's what I think. Um, had this happened in like any part of 2021 or, or even 2020 for sure, I would have said no chance in hell that AEW can survive let alone thrive without the Bucks, without Omega. Um, we're in a much different time period for the company now. The company's no longer new. It's no longer fledgling. It's established. You know what I mean? It's um, they have they have their own homegrown people now. And if if all of them, the elite as a whole, walk away, and if Punk is gone, and all these things happen, I don't see any issues for AEW. I think that first show after all this shit went down was kind of like a um, uh, an eye-opener as far as what AEW can do without even acknowledging that those guys exist. Um, they have a huge, massive roster, a uh, lot of talented folks. I, I don't think they'll be in any kind of trouble without them. Now, will it be the same? No, it won't be the same. But I kind of think it's already not the same. Um, AEW was a very different company last year, especially the year before, and especially early on when it first started. Uh, it was so, so different than what it is right now when you watch it on TV. Um, so I, I actually think we're we're in a much better place with the company. I think AEW is better now than probably it's ever been. Um whether that means that, you know, CM Punk probably won't come back. I think you're right about that. I don't I don't see a way that he can come back and have it work. Um, and I I think the Bucks and Omega, because they've been they've had such a love hate relationship with the fans anyway. I think that they'll be fine coming back when they do come back. If they come back, um, I say if because who knows um, if this thing gets deep enough, maybe it's just. You know, maybe Tony's going to want to steer clear of any future problems with that. I don't know. Um, but I I don't think they need any of them anymore, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. So now this kind of brings me to my next question that I had. Um, and this is an opinion question, and you can pick however many stars you want. But I just kind of wrote down three. What three stars would you like to see step up for AEW to kind of take that role? And I'll start with you, Chris. Well, who do you think? If I had to pick three specifically, well, that does not mean any three. I mean, it could I don't be know that I could come up with like a specific three, but if I start naming names, I'm sure it'll probably be more than that. Mm -hmm. um, you've got teams like the acclaimed, mm -hmm. you've got teams like the gun club, um, You've got the whole thing going on with Stokely's crew right now. He's got a lot of kind of fresh talent in that, in that group. Um, you're talking about uh, the Tony Storms, the Britt Bakers, lots of things that can kind of build up the women's division. Jamie Hayter could probably be a, a, a 
top tier women's performer. Um, and, th- and that's somebody that the rest of the roster can look to. And, and as a whole, I think there's tons of people in the company right now that are, again, with the homegrown talent, people who've been around since the beginning or people that came in very early on. There's a lot of those people that now have an opportunity to say, I'm ready for the spotlight. I'm ready to help boost morale. We're a team. This is what we do. This is AEW. I love this company. You know, um, I, I don't think they're short on the amount of people that can step in and take the lead and take the reins and kind of push everybody to be more positive uh, and work harder and and be more of a team and work together and get the issues out in the open and all of those things. I do think on the business side, Tony is going to need some help at some point um, just with the back and forth for creative for uh, for uh, talent relations, for, you know, keeping up with contracts and who's doing what and who wants more money, who's unhappy, all of those things. I think that's where the biggest need is right now. I don't think it necessarily has anything to do with um, what can happen uh, with with all the people that are wrestling. I think it, I think it has more to do with who's going to have to step up to be Tony's crew of let's get it done. And you're talking about Tony Schiavone, Jim Ross, uh, probably Chris Jericho quite a bit. Um, And any other seasoned veterans, your Brian Danielson's, your John Moxley's um, and, and people who've been in the business a long time, Serena Deeb um, that know the ins and outs. They know how to run a locker room. They know how to keep people happy. He's going to need to lean on a lot of people. If he's going to get this shit streamlined and working more efficiently and having less drama, that's hitting the press all the time. I agree. Tammy, who do you think? Who would you like to see step up a little bit more? Or do you have any opinions on 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 what that would be? Um, who you think can carry the company? Who you think the strongest person is? That's just just your opinion on that. Those are too many absolutes. So I'm just gonna say that um I can't say who's the this, the the that. I'm just gonna say who I think should be elevated and given a chance and would be interesting to see shining. And that has the star power to do it. They're going to be not the most conventional people, but they're all people we know and love and get big pops. Sunny Kiss. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny Hungy. Mm-hmm. You know, these people are beloved and they, they've shown their skill. So they should be, they could be superstars if you were more cre- creative with the way that you looked at things. Of course, we know Mox is already carrying everything in a big star. Um, and so is Wardlow. But, you know, there's more more with Wardlow that as a homegrown person that can still keep elevating even further uh, as he develops his own um, promotion skills and things like storyline skills. Um, Hater, of course, Um, Orange Cassidy and Darby always only hit a, a point and never go beyond. And. I can't say that um, this is the most informed opinion, but I do think it's because, so, you know, like that video we did with the old school guys and then reading online Twitter and and seeing the differences between talking to older wrestlers and current ones is I feel like there's a certain body type that is expected to be like champions more than others and styles. And 
Um, I think that might hold people back just the way they tippy toe on intergender wrestling. Like everybody knows it's all cool everywhere else, but you know, they're very gingerly uh, introducing these things, but they don't allow them to be, they're not bold about it. And I think somebody should be bold about it and show what a superstar could look like. That's unconventional because the fans will buy the merch and they will get the views. So, and then of course, Keith Lee could even be more, you know, Keith Lee is big. So, you know, all the people that like wrestlers should be big. Um, he has an interesting persona. You can't really identify his character. It's just that his, it's more of him, his personality. And when you can carry something on your personality without a gimmick, then I think that speaks to your skill and star power as far as you're just you, you know? And people love that. They just don't, they don't want you to pretend to be a bird man or something like, you know, <laughs> a bird man. well, you know, like, you know, coming up with some character, you know, right. like you are just you and you're the character that means you have star power. So, and we already know he can wrestle well and do a variety of things. Right. So the person that likes the flying around, he does a little of that. And then uh, the people that just want the big dude, there's a lot of that. So sure. Well, Rafe, before you jump in, I want to piggyback on something that Tammy said. Well, kind of a lot of what she said. Tammy, you mentioned a lot of people that are like, um, yeah, they're homegrown talents. But you also mentioned a lot of people that have gotten over organically and have been able to maintain uh, a large fan base without winning every week and without having to be at the top and be the champions. You mentioned a lot of names. Sonny Kiss in particular is one that jumped out at me that these people are good at having relationships with fans. Yeah. Um, and that I think is an important quality for what we're talking about. Go ahead, Rafe. The only thing I was going to say, I was just going to add a couple of the people that I think that could actually, they could take these storylines, elevate them and, it, and would elevate the company. Obviously the first one is John Moxley. I think, you know, he's, we know how over he is, but he, I think he could be, he could replace punk in that sense. As far as that big name draw. Just be, if as long as they pushed him the right way. Okay, that's number one. Number number two, I think they could do more and develop a, a, a character with Brody King that would really make it, you know, appealing to a lot of people. Like if they did it the right way, he's got this, you know, he's kind of like in between that Darby Allen and that hardcore look. He's a big guy. He's very mobile. He's he's an aggressive wrestler. They could really push his storylines a little bit more. And I, as far as the women are concerned, I mean, we know the standard. Jake, we everybody in Twitter universe across the board wants Jamie Hader to be the champ. You know what I mean? That's great. But what they really are not focusing is on, and what they should get to, and what I would like to see them get to is to sign Willow Nightingale because. Every time we've seen her come out, she's gotten a big cheer and she is like a great baby face that they could develop into something I think like a superstar. Man, I would love for, for them to do something like that because she's got the personality for it and it would be great battles against these heels. And she's got better skills than, you know, a lot of the people on the roster. She really does. So those were the, those were the ones that I had in mind for that. So, uh, I mean, you know, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, there are going to be some stars that step up. It's going to be interesting to see how organically they step up. So I think that'll be pretty rad. Um, so 
I guess to wrap all of this particular section up, was this punk controversy good or bad for AEW? Tammy, what do you think? I don't live in a world of good and bad. So it's very hard for me to define that without overthinking and taking everyone's time on here to answer that question. So I'll go with the briefest flash is that we don't know. I don't think it's either, but I did not prefer it. What what did you think? Do you think this, this helped AEW hurt AEW just put more eyes on it? What do you think, Chris? I think it may have heard it from a talent's perspective. Um, I think there was already enough kind of stuff coming out about people being unhappy behind the scenes in AEW. So I think as a talent, if you're looking at where your job's going to be and where you want to go, maybe this wasn't great for them as far as, is it a hostile work environment? Is there too much drama? Is it going to be a bunch of BS every week? Um I think with ratings and with the fans, I think a lot of people are hanging on the edge of their seats right now to see what's going to happen next. Uh, will the Bucks come back is a huge thing everybody keeps talking about. Um, what are they going to do with the storylines? How are they going to turn this into money, basically? Um, and I think they're doing a good job so far. I, I know that the Dynamite after All Out did really well because everybody was so like, What's going to happen now? Now that all this crazy stuff happened, what are they going to do? How long will that last? I don't know. I don't think any negative effects will be permanent. Um, I think that once this kind of calms down a little bit, everything will sort of go back to how it was. AEW is still going to seem like a great place to go and work. Um, and for fans, as long as they keep up, you know, doing really good programming and content, I don't see anybody turning away anytime soon. All right. So go ahead, Tammy. I just, I have an emotional response to what happened that I know is not <laughs> correct or right. Um, but the savage part of me that is really honest, it would said, what the fuck is wrong with a bunch of bitches calling lawyers and HR? Like you're wrestlers, man. That's what's making you look bad. Okay. Like that's what's, <laughs> like, you're ruining the kayfabe with that. Okay. Like, that should have been everybody fucking went down, had a fucking brawl and worked it out like adults that were right. to do some shit. <laughs> Instead, they had lawyers and HR and suspensions. Okay. So Listen. I just to say how I felt. At the end of the day, these are all human beings. They play characters on TV. They don't want to feel like they're being threatened every day at work. Right. So I get the idea of like, hey, this is supposed to be for fun. It's not supposed to be real. We're not, we're not professional fighters. We're not going out. This isn't the UFC. Like there shouldn't be this much drama and potential real violence happening behind the scenes. Save that shit for the ring. Um, and and yeah, maybe, maybe in, in 2022, it's a better look to be a little bit more professional about it and say, listen, I don't want to actually fight anybody. I'm just here to collect my paycheck and entertain people. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, you're getting very like undertakery on us right now. I am. <laughs> I, I said it wasn't right. I said. What's it. wrong with these fucking kids? 
I mean, I, I understand the logic behind it and what's right and what's wrong. It's just, I'm talking from my emotional standpoint. That's the voice, okay? I'm just being honest. Somebody had to say it. I'm not saying it's right. <laughs> I would not say go have violence and that people shouldn't be respected. None of that. I'm just saying from my emotional little, it's called like child's mind, is reactive, thinks that. And I guess I'm just pissed that they all did this and we know it. Like, right. I'd rather not know. Like, let me think that you all are really badasses instead of calling lawyers, okay? Like, I, you're ruining the kayfabe. They, sh- they should have made up some shit and kept silent. Had this happened in the 80s and 90s, we wouldn't have known as much as we knew. Uh, but because it's 2022 and you can't sneeze without everybody finding out about it, you know, uh, it is what it is. That's that's kind of the downside to having all this technology and having everything at your fingertips is that you know too much uh, with a product like professional wrestling, where it requires a lot of suspension of disbelief, it's difficult to keep that kayfabe up all the time because somebody's going to find out about it and then it's going to be everywhere 20 minutes later. Very true. Very, very true. So that brings me to a question. Should Jericho take over the EVP positions and do get more involved in that? Do you think that maybe he's already sort of in that kind of position anyway? Like I do. I get the vibe that when he's at press conferences and when he's talking about the company and the amount of interviews he does and stuff, I kind of feel like he's already sort of an ambassador for the company anyway. Uh, And I have a feeling they listen to him a lot and probably take a lot of his advice. Well, they should because he knows what the fuck he's doing. (laughs) Guy's only been in the business 30 years. I mean... I mean, come on, man. He's the OG of wrestling. He, he, He's been he, doing it longer than some of those cats have been alive. Absolutely, he has been. So, I mean, if anyone should listen to him, they should listen to Jericho. I mean, he even said it about MJF. He goes, you're going to come out as the biggest baby face after this that you've ever seen. And what happened? I mean, he's still a heel, but he's, he's a baby. I mean, they love him. Everybody loves him now. So... I mean, he just he proves the point. He just knows what's going on, man. They really should take his advice more, and hopefully, hopefully that'll start to happen. So, one last thing I wanted to touch on with AEW, and then we can kind of go on to a couple of other things. By the way, I agree with both of your opinions. Oh, thank you. I I assumed you did because I know if you didn't, you would have jumped in. Oh, you would have definitely jumped in and (laughs) then called me a couple of names or something like that. Oh, come on! I have not called you any. So. yet 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 on this <laughs> this week right. and then my last question is where's lance archer i, love I know where lance, lance archer has been where's he been you don't know where he's been no, so lance archer has actually been very busy in japan um okay he's been doing a bunch of stuff in japan i feel like almost at least once a week, I see something about him doing something over there. Um, he is making his way back to AEW, I believe, this Friday on Rampage. Might be next Friday, but he's scheduled to be on there uh, with, um, I want to say there's a match with like Jay Lethal and uh, a couple other people he's supposed to be involved with. Oh, okay. So, yeah, he's he's coming right home. Okay, cool. Good, good deal. Yeah, I think he knew you were looking for him. He's like, Rafe said I got to get back. So I'm telling you, man, I love Lance Archer. He's the best. And he He's great. In. And and man, what a time for him to slide in and say, hey, I'm here too. Yeah. You know? I mean, he's such a dynamic personality. When he rolls his opponents to the ring, 
it's priceless. There is plenty of shine to go around right now. And I think he's long overdue for a good spotlight. That's consistent. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Tammy thoughts on Lance. Yeah. Do you miss him? I did miss him and I did spy him only in that, uh, like a picture for announcing the match next week. All of a sudden I saw his face. So that's the only thing I knew about him. So I'm glad you filled us in. Yeah, it was weird because he went away for that neck injury back in, uh, God, what was that, February or something like that? No, he came back around February, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he was active, super active for like a month and a half and then gone. Yep. Um, And then he hit like a, he was doing some dark stuff and then he was gone pretty much from, you know, being on TV. And then I started seeing he was in Japan a lot and I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, And as far as I know, he's been very active over there. Cool. Okay, cool. So I'm glad I'm glad he's coming back. Uh, I think I think a lot of people are going to be excited. I think this is a great time for him to get in. There's a lot of big guys he can do a little tussling with. Um, I know that MJF had hired him out uh, for the uh, what that whole bit where he was like calling all all the biggest dudes he could find um, to come and fu- who was he sicking them on now? God, it, everything has been so messed up. I can't remember what happened three months ago. Um, but it was like, at the same time, he was like, he got Lance Archer one week. Uh, it was Morrissey the next week. Yep. Um, he, he was just sending a lot of big dudes after Redbeard, Wasn't it? Redbeard was that there too. When the, the I think he had one of them. Well, who was he sending them after Moxley punk? What? I don't even fucking know now. I thought it was Wardlow because Wardlow was power bombing. It was Wardlow. You're right. Mm-hmm. God, how did I forget that? Okay, yeah. yeah, and that was the last time I think he was in AEW was when he did the Wardlow match. Yeah, that was, that was about it. So before we jump out of the AEW universe, um, what are your opinions on uh, Ring of Honor? What do you think they're going to do with it, Tammy? What number question was that? So I can find what I wrote because I had some thoughts and then I just added on. Well, number I'll six. just bring it. Um, I put um, no idea. It's all runs together to for me. Like I can't tell what's what. Just like when you mentioned Willow earlier, and you're like, I want to see Willow be AEW. I was like, damn, I thought she was a recent new thing. I mean, I'm so confused on who's ROH, who is AEW. I don't know what's going on. So it just all blends now. It's all confusing. I don't like it. I would like defined lines so I know what I'm following and what on earth is happening. I actually, I got to say, I kind of like this cross-pollination we're seeing with a lot of folks. Um, I actually just a week and a half-ish ago, the season 10, episode two of NWA Power, I think it was, um, Kylan King, Chelsea Green. uh, God, I feel like an ass now. I didn't write it down. There was two other women. It was a four-way match, and it was excellent. And I was like, wow, I just saw this one on Impact. This one was on Enjoy. This one was on AEW on two different shows. Like, it was so cool seeing this sort of blend of people. And it's it's very common, I think, now to where kind of a lot of these people go everywhere almost. Yeah. Um, and so maybe it's better for some of them to not get locked down to a contract. Although AEW tends to be really cool about letting their talent go elsewhere and do whatever they want to do. Yeah. But I like that. It's 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 interesting that you don't. That's 
Well, because I wouldn't have looked at it that for way. I just don't know. Oh, is that person ROH or not ROH or what belt is what? That's what confuses me. I like seeing them. Like I liked, uh, I liked when the New Japan people came over, but it felt like it was like you could tell more who was who with that. Yeah, I guess it does. And they're here limited time, but like Willow, I'm like, where is she? She's not AEW. She's ROH. So that stuff confuses me, and I can't follow who's where for what. Like. It's all the same to me. So that's why it's like, it's not that I don't like it as much is that it doesn't define the companies for me or the belts because there's so much cross that I don't know who's what with what belt. I just, I can't keep up with statistics and stuff like that. Like it's tiring. So, but I like seeing them wrestle each other for sure. That's one reason I like enjoy as well, because we see people we're familiar with as well. But yeah. they seem to be able to be more themselves when they're in smaller, more independent things. Like you get to see more of their personality. And I've liked people I've seen in AEW more after seeing them somewhere else. So I guess in that way, it's a benefit because I got to see more of them. Right. J.D. Drake's one of those people. Yeah. Yep. Well, the thing with Ring of Honor, it's 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 I don't know. I don't know if they'll ever make it its own show. I just don't think that they will. There's three. What, there, what, how many belts are there? So there's the tag belts. There's the pure champion belt. There's the television belt. And then there's the one Claudio has. I don't even know what that one's called. That's just the, the world championship. The, the world championship. World. So we have four belts, right? And Well, there's, there's, a, there's a women's ring of honor belt too, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Mercedes Martinez has that one. She, yeah. She, so then you have the women's. Uh, no women's tag team, I don't think. But the, no, I don't. I don't think they have that as a separate designation. Which, in fairness, honestly, with tag belts, I don't even think you need to do that anymore. Um, I think tag teams would be a great way to start mixing it up and get a women's tag team versus a men's tag team, and vice versa. You could do mixed tags in there, and it wouldn't be that crazy. I I don't think that would be that bad. Um, but maybe that's just me. But yeah, you're right. I don't think they have a women's tag set for a ring of honor at all. No, I don't think so. And I mean, like, so what's the better idea for it? Do you do something with dark and dark elevation, dark and dark elevation are becoming too predictable. They're not like NXT. NXT NXT has storylines. NXT's got wrestlers that are like high level NXT, you know, has the, the little vignettes in between. They have things that are entertaining you. Dark and dark elevation could have that. They started to do that. If you do, if you remember, like they did that shit with Joey Janela and that whole mm-hmm. controversy. And then they were going to have that big street brawl with Sonny Kiss. And so they started hyping that stuff. And then they had a couple of other little vignettes that le- bled into AEW dynamite. Like I even read an article from a, from a, from a guy that writes about wrestling and said the same thing. It's like, why would you, why would we tune into dark elevation when we know the stars are just going to be the jobbers? Yeah. Why, why have two platforms like that, that, you know, people want to see these wrestlers that don't always get a chance to get on television, like the regular television and put them in storylines that could absolutely bleed over into dynamite into rampage. And it would make it more fun. And would you be able to expand the roster and keep things rotating? Do you right. think they're ever going to, take that dark and dark elevation, incorporate the ring of honor into it, create storylines in that underneath thing. What do you, do you think that they'll ever do that, Tammy? I don't know. I have no clue. I mean, would you like to see it? 
in dark and dark elevation. Yeah. I don't know now because I can only keep up with so many storylines, to be honest. Right. I mean, I, if I start watching like five different companies and I got to I'm, I'm going to be following like <laughs> 70 storylines. Well, that's what, you know, me and Chris are doing that, too. But we kind of just pick pick and choose and stuff from the you, other ones. You just pick the ones you like. Yeah, I know, but then I gotta go. I I just I, I have to I have com- art commissions due and stuff, and it's like <laughs> I, I I don't I'm okay I'm okay with them not doing it. Okay. Um, I do agree. I don't like the we know the jobber is gonna lose. Or what was the better term for jobber? Well, no, we were trying to distinguish at, at one point. We were trying to figure out what we were going to call what we were drawing attention to. Uh, uh-huh. Jobbers are definitely still a part of everything. But is that uh, an especially, okay? Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's only derogatory. Understand. It's only derogatory if you're referring to somebody that's like under contract that has to work all the time. Um, but I mean, a jobber is basically a company goes into a town and they get some local people to come in and, and lose. That's yeah. that's what you're being a jobber at that point. When you're under contract and you're on the same show every week and you just lose a lot, I don't think that's technically a jobber. Uh, okay. No. I didn't think so either. I just don't want to be insulting. So the new talent that come along and uh, always losing is a little too predictable. It would be really cool every now and then to see someone just like, whoa, they that, like show themselves off, you know? I think that would be cool. Other than that, for said reasons, I'm going to try to follow more companies now. And I'm already in a panic about how I'm going <laughs> to pick up with all the stories. So it's too much. I need to figure out how to pick and choose, but not like watch wrestling 24 hours, seven days a week. So I'll get back to you on the rest of it. Thanks. I mean, some of us like wrestling, but whatever. <laughs> Oh, so, man. okay, Rafe, you're, you're posing a couple different things here and I need to touch base on all of it real fast before I feel like we can move on okay. um, with, with ring of honor in particular, you guys are both right. Uh, the belts just sort of feel thrown into the equation with AEW now as a part of AEW programming, which originally I believe Tony said was not the intention. Um, I think there's probably been some delays due to uh, very full plates uh, right now. I think there's enough going on with AEW that even attempting to get anything for ring of honor off the ground is probably not only cost prohibitive at the moment, but maybe also just time-wise there's not enough time in the day, which sort of brings me back to what I was saying about Tony needing more people uh, and more of a team and more of a vibe where he's got a group of people that he can go to and say, Hey, I need all this shit taken care of so I can focus on these five things right here. Um, I do think eventually Ring of Honor could be something. However, if it takes too long, I don't think there's going to be much point. Um, and if it's literally just a place where you're just sending AEW talent and saying, well, you're Ring of Honor now, there's no reason to even bother doing that. Because like you said, you've already got dark, you've got dark elevation and all those things. When you talk about dark and elevation, that's a different thing entirely. So what Ring of Honor needs to do, if anything, is just stop being on AEW TV and do something separate or just absorb those titles and say, Hey, ring of honor is not a company anymore. They're just going to, the legacy is going to live through these straps. Right. And that's how that's going to be. These championships are in the spirit of ring of honor. We're going to go by ring of honor style rules and, and wrestling and that sort of thing. And that would be fine. Yeah. Do they need that? Listen, I'm not the type of person that's like, oh, they have too many titles. Because the problem is when you don't have too many titles, 
not enough people get the spotlight. So I'm oh. all for, you can have billions of titles. I'm fine with that. Cool. It gives more people a chance to get in the spotlight and be stars. Right. Um, at the same time, it does get a little confusing. And and for a casual fan, it's like, what the fuck is going on? They've got, is this ring of honors is AEW. I don't understand. And then, and then, you know, when they bring in the new Japan titles and people have those things or somebody from impact comes over and they have a title from impact. It's like, what am I watching? I don't even, what is this? Yeah. Um, so for casual fans, it's, it's hard to keep yeah. up. Um, now with dark and elevation, you asked a couple of things there that we hadn't talked about previously. Uh, dark and elevation are in big trouble in, in my opinion. Um, they definitely, you mentioned NXT and how much better of a product it is. Obviously it's a better product. The reasons for that are mostly financial, um, the fact that they have their own space to go and do their programming, which I mean, AEW uses that spot at universal a lot for the, the regular dark shows, yeah. not elevation. Most of the stuff on elevation is normally the stuff they shoot live when they're doing dynamite and rampage, I think. And then the dark stuff is usually at universal. They should just make that one show. If that's how it's going to be, it should just be AEW dark and it should just be one time. Um, and then those shows that they're throwing away for elevation can just be house shows. They don't have to be recorded and televised uh, unless you want to do like clips from or whatever. They could just find a different way to highlight that instead of making it its own show, because slapping a bunch of shit together like that is not always cohesive and it doesn't feel important. Yeah. Um, but but dark could definitely be like a thing, like it could be a real product where they do have storylines and they have vignettes and they have promos. And that is the point of a developmental program is to give people the full package so they get used to it before you bring them to the flagship. Um, I agree with that a billion percent. Uh, and, and NXT is changing too. So I don't know. NXT is changing. And now I know <clears throat> we were going to touch on that a little bit. Now that we're jumping out of the uh, AEW universe, I know that Tammy was kind of looking in a little bit on NXT, but hated the aesthetic of it. Now, she didn't realize before that. I'm it here. I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm trying here. I'm really, really trying. Nobody forgot you were here, Tammy. It's okay. But I'm trying to give an example. If you let me finish my what I'm saying, then you'll understand where I'm going with this woman. So. She was look. She looked into NXT, and she. What was your opinion of that NXT when you saw it? The very colorful promo that that program that we watched. I want to go hide under a rock and never look at this again. Right. And yeah, why? it was. Why? Uh, it just. I don't. It doesn't. Nothing's defined. There's just a bunch of colors everywhere that are bright, and I don't like it. Right. So is that your only issue? Is just the color scheme? It's not. Or is yeah. it? It's like it's, the craziness, chaos of it. I think they, I, I feel like the color contributes because it doesn't black out the audience enough. So you see too much movement and color all over the place and you can't really focus on the wrestling. That's how I feel. That makes sense to me. It's kind of like, um, like uh, you see, I, I don't know how much you guys follow like the PC market and all that sort of thing, but for a while there, it was really trendy. You know, a lot of a lot of modern PC cases have a window in the side or they have a completely clear glass side uh, and people just throw all these RGB lights and everything inside of there. And it's all lit up and it's crazy. Look at it. 
and there's obviously you can see your CPU and there's AIOs and all these things that are put inside these computers. And it's like, why do you need to have that and look at all that shit in there when you're just trying to get on the internet or go play a game? Like I don't need a decoration in my computer. I just want to use it as a computer. Kind of like, I don't need my wrestling show to be super decorated and chaotic, like a fucking electric rainbow threw up all over the place and had a seizure. <laughs> yes. I don't need all that. And you guys have heard me rant about how much I miss the black and yellow NXT for a while anyway. So the idea that maybe they're getting away and going, okay, let's go back to sort of the black and yellow vibe sort of, maybe a hybrid between NXT 2.0 and what used to be NXT when NXT was actually good and, and was doing really well. And maybe was one of the best wrestling shows on television for a while. Mm. If they can, if they can combine all of that. So it is still a big spectacle, but it's not as like, and hard to look at. I think they're going to do great. Good. I think so too. I think they have the quality of wrestlers there. I think especially yeah. now that they've merged in everybody from like NXT UK and are putting all those and unifying all of those belts together and pulling in all those storylines for all of them. I think it makes it definitely that much more exciting to watch. And I yeah. know, and I know that if they tame down that background production, it would definitely give more focus to the people that are wrestling. I mean, yeah, just just simply for that fact. And, you know, and it's really cool that it's usually live. I mean, they they do it live. So that's really cool. And so that brings an element of danger to it that makes people want to tune in. Um, but I've been liking a lot of the stuff that I've been watching on NXT so far. And I think it's pretty cool. Do you know, I like the Smackdown stuff. I I like it. I've not gone too far into it too much because. I guess the SmackDown is like, it's so super polished that it's like, I feel like I'm watching an NFL game on the weekend. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, it's like I said, raw is probably the better out of the two, right? You've so got I, raw and then you've got, and I like that you guys call it the SmackDown. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but, but old. yeah, SmackDown is, is very like, and it, especially since it's on Fox, it feels very much like a sports show. Like it's something that could easily be covered on ESPN. Um, it, yeah, it does have that kind of sort of overpolished kind of. It, it's like the Gucci of wrestling shows, right? It is. Um, where I like the Goodwills. I like I like the I like the lower budget kind of because it forces people to be better. Yeah, um, I think I think when you put everything on lights and audio and pyro and effects and crazy, you know, cameras and all that, I think I think it it makes the product less interesting because there's so much flash. There's not enough content. Right. Um, whereas you look at companies like Enjoy or even NWA as it sits right now, um, and what Ring of Honor was for a long time and stuff like that, those shows tend to have more stuff in them uh, and more, more things to pay attention to because it's not all about the spectacle. It's more about what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I definitely get maybe SmackDown is a bit much for, for some people. For me, I love it because it's like, you know, I've watched it go from this show that started when it was just a secondary show to being now, maybe arguably some people would say it's better than raw. I think they're sort of equal, but I enjoy raw a lot more. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So 
I'll be getting trying to get Tammy to push her into a little bit more of that stuff so she can kind of check some some storylines out and different things like that. I, I think she'll like Raw if she gets into it. I think that there's some characters on Raw that she'll like. Um, especially when she watches the women's wrestling on there and how high quality yeah. it is, because it's really high quality. It's yeah, the upper echelon of wrestling. All of it is really. Um, you could tell that that's the gold standard of wrestling itself, not so much production, but just the way they sell moves, the way that they do moves, the way that the whole thing flows. There's never any pauses. There's never any hesitation. There's never anything that gives any indication that somebody's thinking about a move. It just seems like it's absolutely the way it should be. It's like, watching right. a band that's hitting on all cylinders and everybody in the band is playing and they're tight and they're all in the zone. And that's how it is watching even NXT. And sometimes as good as, as much as I enjoy AEW and I think AEW is great. You can see the pauses in there. You can see some of those matches aren't smooth. Yeah. And, I just like to see those really smooth matches. That's why when the Bucks are on and they're wrestling someone like the Lucha Brothers, who they've wrestled against a bunch of times, that shit is smooth, man. It's like it flows just like that, that match with the Lucha Brothers and Swerve on Our Glory. I mean, for the Canadian Destroyer that fucking Penta put on Keith Lee, I almost shit my pants that he got that man over like that. <laughs> I mean, that was fucking amazing. It was rad. I mean, that shit is great. And to watch that smoothness and that technicality is something that I've been getting more and more into as opposed to. And I mean, I enjoy the storylines, but just watching the technicality of it has really been a cool new adventure for me to give me another different angle. And so and I really didn't hit me until when we were on vacation and I was watching raw and I was like, I was checking out raw. I'm like, Holy shit. I'm like, okay, I see it now because it's been years and years and years since I've actually watched WWE. Yeah. And so to actually go down and sit there and watch it and be like, Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. I can see where they're at now. This production's a bit gaudy, but <laughs> wrestling, I mean, it is, it is, but it I, is I to a I point. I understand why they're doing it. I mean, they, they want to give people what give them their money's worth. And that's cool. Yeah. Uh, but the professionalism of the people in the ring um, is was impressive. And that kind of got me eyeing that a little bit more. So I thought it was pretty cool. So I agree. Um, now, before we move on to anything else, uh, I told you guys I gave you some homework the last time we talked. I'm not going to put you on the spot and say, did you do your homework and go watch the shit? Cause I'm sure you didn't. Cause we have been doing family stuff and it's been a crazy couple of weeks for all of us. Um, so instead of that, I'm going to give you a second batch of homework. Uh, and this is for the audience as well. So if you haven't seen it already, uh, one of the, another pivotal moment in WWE history was when stone cold, Steve Austin won the King of the ring, Back in 1996, it was the King of Ring pay-per-view, 1996. That is when Stone Cold, in a sense, became Stone Cold. He cut the infamous Austin 316, says, I just whipped your ass promo and changed the wrestling business forever. So, 
that is homework for this week. Uh, wrestling fans out there, if you haven't seen that, go watch it because I still get goosebumps when I check it out. I've got a bunch more that I'm going to be bringing up in the next few weeks, the next couple times we do podcasts, but that's the one for this week. Uh, the last one was the ladder match between Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon. So if you haven't watched that yet, go watch it. Gotcha. Um, so that's your homework, guys. It's another classic moment and, and something that will help you understand what makes WWE what it is uh, and also how good professional wrestling can be at its peak. Nice. All right. Well, we, we will make sure that we check that out. We will do our homework to, to watch that. All right. Um, I'm going to call a timeout real quick, guys. All right. You guys need to do your goddamn homework. I'll tell you that much. We, we will. Do. We will. We will. Run it. Yeah, I'm because the, about this, actually. the next thing we're going to talk about is real quickly Roman Reigns, which Tammy, she knows who he is, but probably never seen him wrestle. I have. Have you? But you know. When? Um, recently. Everybody knows the head of the table, the tribal chief. Acknowledge me. I mean, come on. What a genius. Th- Dude, it took that guy nearly a decade to get over. And he's more over than over has ever been right now. Yeah. I mean, what he see, like, can he possibly be the longest reigning WWE champion in the world? <laughs> he's up like, there for like sure. Two years, like two years. He's been the champ. He's up there for sure. I don't know if anybody's ever been able to do that. Now, granted it was through the pandemic. They found the perfect person to strap the rocket to and maintain that momentum. Roman Reigns struggled for years to get over with fans because they were always pushing him as a baby face and people just weren't with it. The second he became a heel, and this was after he went away because his cancer had come back and stuff, and he had to take a break and do all those things. When he came back, he was a babyface initially because it was like, oh, he kicked cancer's ass. And then it, and then he stepped into this heel persona, and it's brilliant beyond brilliant um, because it's not your typical heel shtick. It's not, I'm going to shit on the town and complain about the people. It's just, I'm a badass, and nobody here is worth my time. I've noticed wrestling IQ. So should he now the question is, should he lose? Should they now he's got two belts, right? He just won another belt. Didn't he recently? Was that recent? They unified the titles uh, three, four months ago. I think they did it at WrestleMania. They unified him. Um, And he had already had the, was it? I don't think he had the universal championship. I think he just had the raw title for a long time. Mm. Um, And the universal championship was the SmackDown title. Uh, And I think he unified that. He beat Brock for it again. Him and Brock Lesnar had like 30 matches and everybody's like, oh, they're going to do Brock and Roman again. I don't care, man. They're good. It's good matches. So here's, here's the thing about their titles and the issues with what's going on. Everybody is saying, okay, they're, they're building to this thing with Roman Reigns and his cousin, Dwayne, uh, Maybe you guys have heard of him. Uh, his name's Dwayne Johnson. The um, Rock. He's sort of a big deal. Uh, he was many, many people's wrestling heroes uh, for a long time. So they're building to this thing. They've been trying to do it for years where they get Roman Reigns and The Rock in a match together um, so that essentially The Rock can put Roman Reigns over and make him even bigger and more crazy than he already is. Now, the thing is, if and when that can happen, Tying the rock down has proven to be difficult. So they've been saying, you know, like, okay, well, Roman can't just be the champion forever. Like we have to have some sort of 
something interesting and different and creative. Otherwise it's just, everybody knows who the champ is forever. Um, so right now the thing is, how do you get those titles off of Roman Reigns with him not losing and having to put someone else over and then essentially having a loss after this huge undefeated streak? I have a theory, but I wanted to know what you guys thought about it first. You know, I, I'm not deep enough into it to give you that opinion, to really be perfectly honest with you. I've got to get I can understand little, that. I've got to get into it a little bit more. And, and kind of follow that storyline and get a little bit of backline on that storyline before I can really give an honest opinion. So, well, I'm positive ahead. Tammy. Tammy has an opinion, right? <laughs> no. Okay. Oh, I can I can come up with one right now. <laughs> how, okay, so if you have somebody who's a champion for two years, how do you take two titles off them to so that your brands can have their own titles again? They need a title on SmackDown. They need a title on Raw. How do you take those titles away from somebody and not have them lose? This is like a Zen koan. <laughs> if there is one. It's about a duck, a baby duck in a bottle, and it's going to die, and you can't break the bottle. So how do you save the duck's life? Um, that's what this feels like. So I would say um, <laughs> some. Very- Not where I saw this going. I got to be honest. Some really, it never does though, does it? Um, so Roman Reigns is the duck or is he the bottle? I can't answer that for you. can't answer that question <laughs> okay. for you. Okay. All right. Once, you, once it's your question, you're not allowed to discuss it because you'll get other people's opinion and you won't know what's really <laughs> coming from you. So um, mm, yeah. Think about but, that. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, um, I think that um, they can do it epically. Okay. Okay. Do you have an example of your? Do you have like? Do you have a thing? I just think they need to come up with some shocking storyline that rocks the entire universe with with something nobody saw coming, but ends with two different, very different things, and almost like creating like two different universes. That is a very hard thing to do in WWE. Is come up with something that nobody thought of and nobody saw coming. Well, then there's a lack of imagination because well, it's just they've already done everything. More, they had they had a fucking character called the gobbledygooker (laughs) that came out of an egg on a pay per view, and it was a giant turkey. You're talking about the same company and telling them to do something different. They need to do something (laughs) more psychological, not dressed as a bird coming out of an egg. I'm just saying, man, they've it's that's just one example. They've done yeah. the whole game. Well, I admire that then. I am going to tune in more then if things like I that too. occur. Well, I mean, this was this was like late 80s, early 90s. I don't think they did anything that weird in a while. I do I do have my own theory and, and possible solution. I want to hear this. All right. So Roman Reigns had this amazing reign as the champion, right? He unified the titles. He got the other strap. Everyone is below him at this point. They still need a title for Raw and they need a title for SmackDown. Roman Reigns doesn't need two titles to stay on top of everything. Roman Reigns could be given by Triple H in person, in the ring, in a ceremony fitting for the tribal chief, a brand new title. Oh, the unified heavyweight champion, the top of the top, right? He could be given a brand new strap that signifies I am the best in the world. Nobody can beat me. 
They give him this in exchange for these smaller, less important titles. Those titles can go back to their shows. Roman Reigns is not tied to a specific program, person, individual, pay-per-view, nothing. He is, when you've beat everybody in WWE, he's the final boss at the end of the game, okay? He's the guy that nobody can beat. So when they do decide, okay, Roman Reigns has to lose, cool. It's going to be one of your top champions that goes to face him. Yeah. You know, it might be In the meantime... There is no reason for him to have to lose anything. That's true. He's beat everyone, or as he would say, he smashed them. He smashed everyone. He's done. There's nothing better than him. There's no reason for him to continue working and dealing with these insignificant peons. Give the man the crown and let him reign at the top. And let everyone else fight for those individual brand straps. That is the only solution I can think of. I haven't heard anyone else say anything like that. I think it's a brilliant idea. Maybe I'm crazy, but it could work. You know what else might be cool is if the only way that you can wrestle Roman Reigns for the for that particular belt is if you win the other two belts below it. Right, like he- right. Like... Or maybe not even necessarily win the belts, but like, say you're the raw champion, you have to beat the SmackDown champion. And then maybe you get a shot at Roman. There you go. Make him almost unattainable. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah. They've never done that with anyone. That would be so unique and different and like pinnacle style shit. Yeah. Like you'd be the biggest guy in the business. Yeah. It'd be pretty cool. It makes sense. It makes sense. You heard me, Triple H. If you take my idea, I want I want a kickback. Yeah, <laughs> because it sounds like Chris uh, figured out some ideas on how how to um, that duck can beat the bottle. There you go. It's possible. It's possible. So, celebrities in wrestling. Mm. Tammy, do you like seeing celebrities going to join the ring? Now we got Action <laughs> Bronson, Mike Tyson's been in there, Shaquille O'Neal's been involved. Now we've got Logan Paul, who I guess is a celebrity. I don't really know. I mean, I'm too old. So whatever with that kid, uh, you know, what's your thoughts on celebrities? That boy's got two first names. Logan Paul, never trust him. I think that people should be able to do different things if they want. And I don't think we should just say you're a celebrity. You, you don't have access to this. I think it depends on the celebrity. I think it depends on their story. And it depends on if they can actually wrestle. If you, uh, that's, that should be the only defining factor if anybody can do it is that they can. Right. So I, I, I take that as you're okay with it. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Okay. I, I, and, and to kind of piggyback on that, I don't mind if a celebrity gets involved, but they have to know what they're doing. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I caught some of them as much as I love Mike Tyson, you know, obviously he doesn't know wrestling moves. He knows how to pound people's heads in. So that was a little rough action. Bronson looks like he's ready to go. You know what I mean? Like he really looks does. Like he's been training. He's been putting his focus and energy on this. He really wants to be a wrestler. He's got his promos down really good. I mean, he's getting into it. So when, a, if a celebrity jumps into this and any kind of a wrestling, professional wrestling, I think if they're, they're going to be good at it, I'm all for it. But if, if it's just like this lame, 
trying to get ratings, trying to get a pop, trying to do whatever, then you leave that shit at the door. That's the way I think about it. Okay. You know? So, so here's how I feel about it. Celebrities are one thing. Uh, your Gronkowski's, um, Logan Paul's people like that. Okay. I get it. It's a bad bunny. You bring them in. It's good for the company. It's good for the celebrity. Uh, everybody can kind of make a little money on it. Um, everybody gets a little, a couple new eyes, whatever. It makes sense. And it, as long as it's done right, like you guys were both saying, as long as they can do the work, cool. I'm all for that. Um, it's a little different when it's a, a professional fighter. Hmm. Um, your Paige Van Zant's. Uh, Tyson Fury's Mike Tyson's when you get those kind of people and you put them into a world of fantasy where we're all supposed to suspend our disbelief (laughs) and these people come in and they're not going to wrestle. They're not going to wrestle normal. It would be ridiculous to ask them to number one, number two, they don't know anything about it and they'll probably hurt somebody if they attempt to do most of this stuff. Right. Um, because they're just most of them are just too strong and too powerful and too talented and they don't know how to not hurt people. That's their life. Uh, Ronda Rousey is a good example of somebody who actually is able to do both and do it pretty well. Um, but the professional fighter thing, I think it just doesn't work. And, and it's because you can't go be a fighter, go into a wrestling ring and do like a, like a, I'm going to say this carefully, a scripted, uh, 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 dance um, and then go back and be a fighter and, and have people watch the scripted thing and go, yeah, that seemed real. <laughs> yeah. And it's really like, exactly. I mean, Brock Lesnar, uh, he went to the UFC and did a bunch of MMA stuff and just destroyed everybody and then came back to WWE. And it was like, holy shit, that guy's going to kill everyone. And it's still like that to this day with him. That makes sense. CM Punk went and did some MMA stuff and did not fare as well. Uh, So it's like, go back to wrestling, my dude. Um, What were you going to say? I was going to say, to be fair, at the end of Brock Lesnar's career, he took a couple beatings, man. That's why I wouldn't say anything's the end for Brock. I I, that dude could take a fight tomorrow and I'd be like, he's going to kill someone. He could, yeah, I mean, but I've seen him get beat. <laughs> I've MMA. seen him, I've seen him take a beating, but I've never seen anything where it was like, oh, Brock got his ass handed to him. It's always like, damn, that was a good fight. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if Brock was here right now, <laughs> that's why he probably beat my ass. I don't know. I'm sure we'd all shit on him. <laughs> um, yeah. So the celebrity thing, I think, is good as long as they don't suck. If they come in and they respect the business and they respect the fans and they treat it correctly, it can work. Um, the fighter thing is much different to me because it just, it's two worlds that don't belong together. It's, it's, I will kill you versus I will pretend to kill you. Uh, and it, it just doesn't work for either party really. Um, the celebrity thing though, I think is okay. Logan Paul right now is, doing his second or third round with WWE. 
And it's interesting because Logan Paul's had so much controversy and all these things in his career, career, if you call it a career, the he's just filmed his life and made a bunch of money. Um, it's, it's okay to a point, right? Like you can tolerate it, but would I rather see something else happen? Yes, absolutely. I would much rather see just regular wrestling. What do you think, Tammy? Do you, do you have any opinion about like MMA fighters jumping into the whole mix of it? Of, of I think Rich makes a lot of good points, um, but I don't care. The right person could pull it off and do it right. Then I'm all for it. But they always do look awkward and uncomfortable. Yeah. I They're not smooth to watch at all. Ugh, it's just, it's, I, it makes me cringe. Yeah. But I mean, doesn't mean that somebody couldn't come along and, and you know, just like kill it one time. So I, I'm always open. Yeah. That's cool. I do. I do like Action Bronson coming into AEW. That seems like it's going to be a good angle and a good program. And hopefully everybody comes out on top of that. Yeah. Uh, true. And, and you could tell he, he's taking it seriously and he's, he like, respects it. You know what I mean? So that's what's cool about it. And he's really putting his heart and soul into those promos. Like this is New York, baby. <laughs> I mean, all that shit is awesome. So <laughs> I'm kind of looking forward to that. All right. Let's talk about a couple more. We've got a couple more things we want to talk about. Um, let's talk about impact wrestling. Now okay. impact wrestling frustrates me. Me cause too. I, Cause I really think it's high. It's got high quality to it, but it's kind of like enjoy where it's just not on the right format. It's great. Like enjoy. It's got a lot of cool things to it, but it's just not there. What do you think is holding back impact? Now I know Tammy hasn't really delved into impact a lot at all. Uh, and I'll try to get her into it. I really think that Tammy's going to like the women's division of impact because I think it's high quality. Um, I think there's a couple of, you know, other storylines in that are real fun, um, especially like with what I think his name is Black Taurus. Is that the guys that, that one wrestler? He's crazy. I think Tammy will really enjoy that. And Speedball's um, over there, too, a lot. And Speedball's over there, like, all the time. And I know Tammy really likes Speedball. Um, what does it need, Chris, in your opinion? What, what do you think Impact needs to, like, really push it over the edge? So here's the biggest problem with Impact and why I think it's not immensely popular right now. Uh, Impact has a long history. Um, we go back to the early 2000s, I believe, is when TNA is what it used to be. It was TNA Impact, and it was just TNA for a while. Then it was TNA Impact. Then it was just Impact. Um, everybody remembers that. And what TNA did was they pulled in, they pulled a WCW, but they did it on the old WCW talent that WWE didn't want. So WCW in the heyday of the 90s was pulling in WWE talent that was at the top tier, but that WWE was kind of getting away from your, your Hulk Hogan's, Macho Man's, guys like that. And then they got the NWO thing and all that. TNA came along seven, eight years later after all of that and brought in all of those same people. Okay. And so a lot of people have a bad taste in their mouth because it was like, they just did the same thing after none of those people were relevant anymore. Mm. TNA did have a lot of great talent. Like um, AJ Styles was in there at one point, uh, Jay Lethal, um, lots of names that are, that are big today trace back to that kind of early ish 
TNA era. Um, but but so many people look at Impact as yeah, they sucked 20 years ago. They they're gonna suck now. Mm-hmm. And and the reason that it's not helping them right now with their reputation combined with their production quality and this sort of stagnant kind of same look, same company from 10 years ago. It's just, it's not as big as it should be. The television style, the, the camera works actually really good. Mm-hmm. Much better, in my opinion, than like a Raw or a SmackDown. Um, it's not all shaky cam, flash, 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 camera cut, camera cut, camera cut. They don't do that. They've got a very good camera style. Um, but their production as far as the stage itself, the lighting, the ramp, the ring, it's all sort of cookie cutter kind of you could see it anywhere sort of stuff. Um And Impact has a very high caliber of talent and a high caliber of storyline, in my opinion. Their storylines are some of the best. The acting might not always be great, depending on which performer you're talking about. Um, You know what? I'm not going to say any names. Um, There's a couple storylines happening right now that I'm like, really? Really? That's the best you can do on camera? Um, But that's not the big problem. The big problem is the money that they're putting into it versus what to expect in return. Um, Of course, they're not going to get a huge television deal when their product isn't competitive with AEW and certainly not competitive with the WWE. Um, NWA Power is a really good show. It kind of has the enjoy vibe with maybe a little less hokiness um, and a little bit more money in the production, right? The show itself looks pretty good. It's not it's not top tier, but it's not bottom either. It's not like watching a GCW pay-per-view where everything just kind of looks like it's in a in a basketball court at a high school. It doesn't look like that. <laughs> it looks good enough without looking like they're low budget. It looks like they're right at their budget and they're performing at the quality they should be. Whereas Impact seems like they should have a higher budget. Uh, and the talent that they have, I know they're paying pretty well. Um, there, there should be some more fluff, not NXT style fluff, because that's too much. And certainly not Raw and SmackDown. It shouldn't be this big explosive thing, because I don't know that I like that 100%. But it's just not as big as it should be. Mm. And it's, 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 it's stale. It's just old. It feels dated. Whereas even Enjoy feels modern. It's a small room. They don't have the same kind of money to put in their in their pyro and stuff like that. But it doesn't feel old. Impact feels older to me. It feels like something that's been around for too long. Mm. I think what Impact should do, and this will obviously never happen. I think they should drop the Impact name. Um, I think they need to say, this is a new company. This is a fresh start call it something else, get away from the idea of whatever started with TNA, just separate completely from that. Let go of the past, move on and change the goddamn stage setup. (laughs) Get some decent lights. The screen's fine. The screens they have are great. Um, And get a different ramp set up and, and maybe some different hard camera angles would be nice. Yes, everybody shoots down the middle of one side or the other of the ring, 
they have that sort of down the ramp look, uh, which a lot of people have sort of taken and then not used and then taken again. It's a, it, it works, but with impact, it's just old. They kind of just need a refresh. And I think that would give all of their talent uh, uh, more, more spotlight. It would, it would just be a better product to watch. If you don't mind the production quality, it's a good show. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. But if you're, if you're used to watching WWE and, and you like AEW, it's a, it's, it feels like a downgrade. Despite the fact that some of the stuff they're doing is far better than what WWE is doing with their women's division. It's far better than what AEW does with their smaller guys. And I mean, smaller in the sense of physically smaller. I don't mean lesser known. Mm-hmm. Um, they just have a better program for smaller people and for women. Yeah. There you go. That's what it is. Tammy. Yes. We're going to wrap this up here. What? Okay is your storyline that you're enjoying zero zero you don't like any of storylines i'm all thrown off with all these controversies i i mean i i don't have any major storylines going on i have a couple things i keep my eye on i have things i definitely don't like unfortunately luchasaurus jungle boy looking at you um but um I'm interested to see where this whole weirdness with the Stokely's new outfit of people out there, like this cast of characters that I would never have put together. It's kind of confusing. So I'm interested to see how that's going to play off. Um, It's not really a storyline at all, but I know in my heart and soul that Layla Gray is like, that's going to pop out and do something, you know? And, but there isn't, and they're just like, most of the storylines are all discombobulated for me right now, to be honest. So I'm not, I feel passionate about none of them. And I don't, I want to, it's not that I don't want to, um, but this is a good time for me to be looking around at other options with uh, wrestling company stories. Tammy, I really think you might like NWA power. I really do. I think it's worth checking out. Uh, I believe it's every Friday. I'm going to definitely free. Out. It's on YouTube. The The last couple of weeks have been excellent. I think if, because you like the enjoy style, I think it's right up your alley. And you see a lot of those kind of Layla Gray, Kylan King, like I said earlier, um, Willow, all of those kind of that level of talent is on there a lot. Yeah. Okay, cool. So if you can, if you can, if you can separate, if you can separate the cross pollination and not worry about, well, I thought they were with this company and not worry about that. I think it's a good show for you. Okay. Yeah. I'll take your advice. Yeah. Tammy kind of touched on one of the storylines for me that I'm curious to see. I am curious to see how this whole Stokely thing is going to go with MJF. You know, MJF is such a, a, a dominant figure in this. And, you know, it's like, is this replacing the pinnacle? What happened to Sean Spears? Um, what's going on with all of that? You know what I mean? So it's like Spears was his right-hand man, you know, he was Mr. Well, the chairman. Well, he's going to be a daddy now. So maybe he's taking some time with his wife and doing their thing. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, and then I'm also really looking forward to the Masha Slamovich and Jordan Grace um, storyline. That one's heating up because those are two powerhouses that are going to be fun to watch. So, and I guess that's going to culminate into a, like a pay-per-view that they've got going on. So that'll be a lot of fun. And I, I mean, I really, of course, I love the acclaimed in Swerve in Our Glory. Of course, I'd like to see the belts go to the acclaimed. 
but not today, my friend, not today. <laughs> so, what are you into, Chris? I I'm actually into a lot of stuff right now. Um, I think I think everything going on in Impact right now is perfect. Uh, I wouldn't change any of that. Although Jessica is maybe getting thrown under the bus a little bit. I'll say that. <laughs> um, it's, it's like with WWE, there's a ton of great stuff happening right now. There's the stuff with Control, with uh, Bailey and Io Sky and um, Dakota Kai. I love that whole thing. I love what Triple H is doing with everybody. I love the fact that Braun Strowman just showed back up. I'm pretty sure Bray Wyatt is right around the corner, even oh, yeah. though everybody is will here, won't he? Um, the Logan Paul stuff I could do without. I love the Dominic Mysterio storyline right now with oh, yeah. uh, Rhea Ripley is his poppy. I just, it's God, it's so good. I love Rhea Ripley so much. Um, there's a yeah. lot happening in WWE that is making me happy. Um, AEW right now is, is, interesting because there's a lot of stuff i feel like there was a reset and i feel like this upcoming um what are they calling this thing that's about to happen which what the 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 next show thing it's not a pay-per-view it's uh whatever the next it's not it's not full gear grand slam grand slam Slam. i think i think grand slam is going to be kind of a soft reboot of the product um, and kind of get everything too. rolling. Yeah, I I don't I don't necessarily love the heavyweight picture right now. I don't like the world title picture right now, Mm-mm. just because it there's a lot of other people that could have been in it. Um, I love the trio storyline. I actually think it's better now without the elite in it. Um, I think Death Triangle is the shit. I'm so glad that they're in there. I'm really still bummed out about the House of Black. Um, not getting those titles because I feel like they really deserved them. Um, yeah, there's it's some great stuff happening in wrestling right now, guys. Really I don't know. Is. I could sit here and just talk about a lot of it, but I won't. Right. Um, speaking of the House of Black, Malachi, man. Um, it, I hope he's brain. okay. That's it. That's all I can say. There was apparently something on social media where he kind of explained, like, I just need to get away for a minute. I totally respect that. Everybody should do that once in a while. It sucks that it's right now when we're all so into him, but uh, I wish that guy nothing but the best. I hope that all works out. I hope that the House of Black is able to maintain and keep moving forward as a faction because it's literally maybe one of the best things as far as factions go in the business right now. Oh, yeah. Um, but man, there's just so much on the horizon and so much to look forward to. I don't even know how to fit it all into that sentence and category. Yeah, for wow. sure. For sure. Well, I I really like the Rare Ripley storyline too. And I'm gonna get Tammy into that because that one's that one's a cool one, and I'll get her up to speed. Fun fact, that's uh her and Buddy Matthews are together. They're a thing. Um, which makes sense on so many levels. And then on, on other levels, it's like really. How do they do that in two different companies and they're running all over the place? She might Wrestling. be she might be stronger than him though. <laughs> I don't think there's any might be about it. I think Rhea Ripley could probably whoop his ass. No offense, buddy. No offense. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Murder Theater Podcast. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe. We're gonna have some little videos popping up here and there. Keep your eye on the YouTube channel. 
And until next time, we'll see you in two weeks. Everybody have a good night. Peace. And do your homework. Oh. <laughs>